Thank you for joining us today on Her Addiction, the online podcast for Mary Song, where we share our stories of freedom, redemption, and all the struggles that come with overcoming a life of addiction. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hi, my name is Karen Boudreau, and I'm one of the women's pastors that minister at Mary's Song Restoration Center in Metairie, Louisiana at Victory Church. You know, I want to bring to you a message of hope and expectation and restoration. You know, when a girl first comes into the program and begins to sober up, one of the first things she begins to realize is the stark reality of loss, what her addiction has cost her. Loss of relationship, family, freedom, herself, and, and you know the list just goes on and on. But one of the most heartbreaking for most of the girls is the loss of their own children. Drugs, alcohol, or promiscuous lifestyle has caused many to be separated from their children, and some have lost their legal rights to others. Heartbreaking, to say the least. I was um, recently talking with a, a girl and she has um, gone through the program and she's lost custody of her children. But despite all that, she's actually doing quite well. She graduated a few years ago and she has been sober and clean and has an awesome steady job and her own apartment and car. And just it just goes on and on. And the Lord has been so good to her. But she has yet to be reunited with her kids. Someone else asked her recently, what if you never get your kids back? Is Jesus enough for you? Think about that. What a question. What a hard one to answer. And yet this girl is all of us. If you don't get what you want, if that job fails and doesn't go through or that marriage isn't restored or that health report doesn't come back like you want it to, is Jesus, is the Lord enough for you? Everyone at some point, not just a girl that finds herself in a rehab, must answer this question. Abraham, in the book of Genesis, had a son named Isaac, and Isaac means laughter, was really his son that his wife, you know, in him couldn't have. He was the son of promise. And finally, after years and years, Sarah and Abraham um, had a son, and his name was Isaac. What a joy he was. But one day, Abraham was instructed to place him on the altar and give him back to God. Abraham believed and, and was instructed to place him on that altar, and he obeyed. And really, that was just a heartbreak. But how could he give Isaac back? How could he sacrifice his everything and see his relationship with his child die and no longer exist? How could he let go the very one that all the promises were to come through? Well, nevertheless, Abraham obeyed. And that is what we're all called to do. We, you know, we need to really place the broken pieces of our lives, the past, the present, and the future, people, places, and things, and all our expectations and all the promises that we believe would come to pass need to be stacked high as an offering to God, and we need to ask for the fire to descend. Everything needs to be swallowed up because is Jesus enough for you and for me? It's funny. When you do so, you'll find that Jesus, who is more than enough, he's El Shaddai, the all-powerful, almighty God who is going to overshadow you and feed you and provide for you. The Father who spared not his own son, he placed his own son Jesus on the altar, the cross. Will he not freely give you all things? I love that God doesn't ask us to do something he hasn't done himself. 
while I talked to this girl who had lost her kids about all that and how she was grappling with that hard question. Then she asked me another. She said, is it wrong for me to wrestle with that question of, is Jesus enough even if I don't get my kids back, yet live and prepare for like I'm going to get them back? <laughs> Immediately, the Lord brought me to Luke chapter 15, the story of the prodigal son. I told the girl the gospel is like that. You know, and on one side, you are laying it all down, surrendering all to Jesus no matter the cost. But on the flip side, you see beyond your devastating circumstances and you see Jesus at the other end beckoning you to continue to walk forward. You look past the court papers, the doctor's diagnosis, the email, and you see the God who says, follow me. All things are possible to those that believe. This is what we call the life of faith. I told her, you need to stop seeing yourself as the prodigal son living in the pig slop, depressed about how much you've lost. You need to get a new perspective. The Lord wants you to take on a new identity. The old one has to go. You must become like him. You must become instead like the father in the story. No longer the son's eyes, but a new set of eyes, if you will, the father's eyes. You see, the father in the story in Luke 15 wasn't focused on the loss. He had instead great hope and great expectations that his son would return home. He wasn't waiting, looking down the road to see if this this would be the day. This is what he was doing. He was waiting, looking down the road to see if this would be the day of fulfilled promises from the Lord. And finally, while the son was afar off, the father's eyes saw him and he ran to him and he fell on his neck. The father turned to his servants and said, bring me a robe and a ring and go kill the fatted calf. You know the one, the one we've been fattening up in ex- expectation of my child's return. I told the girl, yes, you lay it all down and you ask for the fire to descend and you must become satisfied in Christ alone, whether things turn out like you want or not. But you also begin to walk in faith and you begin to fatten that calf in expectation of what you're believing God for. You make that phone call. You petition the court. You send the card. You do your part and you leave the rest to God. You know, at Mary's song, I can't tell you how many women have gone through this program who've experienced redemption and who have been restored in their spirits, in their souls and in their bodies to see that happen and to see women who have lost relationships with their families and their children being brought back together is one of the greatest joys we experience here in the program. Mamas with their babies, their five-year-olds and their 12-year-olds and their teenagers and even their adult children walking into church, sitting on the same pew, worshiping the same Lord is worth it all. You know, I want to end where I started with Abraham. That's where restoration begins, you know, at the altar. And at that altar, Abraham found more than just a pile of ashes. He found a lamb in that bush. God himself, Jehovah Jireh, which literally means the Lord will provide and the Lord will see to it. You know, there's a lady named Ann Voskamp, and she wrote a book called The Greatest Gift, and this is what she said. She says, this is what Abraham knows. 
You can see it in the way he obeys unafraid and unquestionably, and the way he walks unhurried and unworried, the way he lives. Worry is belief gone wrong. It's because you don't believe God's going to get it right. But peace, on the other hand, is belief that exhales because you believe that God's provision is everywhere like the air. You may not even know how to say it out loud. I thought it would be easier, you thought, and your God comes near and he says, I'll provide the way. You may not even know who to tell. I thought it would be different, and your God draws close and he says, I will provide grace for for the, those gaps. And you know, may even now find it hard to say, and you say, I thought it would be just more. And your God reaches out and says, I will provide me, and continues to write, God gives God. This is the gift always ultimately gives that God ultimately gives because nothing is greater and we have no greater need. God gives God. God gives God. And we only need to slow down enough to unwrap his most generous gift with our time. Time in his word. Time in his presence. Time as it is at his feet. In this moment, in the dark of your very thicket, thickest thicket, there is the rough bark of the tree, Anne writes, and there you can feel it with the white and wool of your willing lamb. Whisper these words, now I know, now I know, since you did not spare your only son, how will you not also graciously give us, even me, the one who's messed up, all things you know I need. You know, redemption and restoration of things lost are real promises. And at the altar, there's always a lamb in the bush. Grab hold of him and begin to fatten your calf in great expectations of things to come. We're so glad that you listened to this podcast. If you would, we ask you to go and rate it. That helps us spread the word. And we ask you to tune in um, the next time when we'll have another word for you. God bless. Thank you for listening. You can also subscribe to our blog at parisbailey.com for weekly devotions. Mary Song is a nonprofit organization that relies on the generous donations and the funding of individuals and organizations throughout our community. To donate, to sponsor a student, or to find out more information about the program, please visit our website at www.marysong.net or contact us at 504-822-1341.